Teenagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Moira Rose. No? Eh. <laughs> Sunrise Bay Star. <gasps> yes. We have a guest tonight. It's a return guest, our favorite person, our collectively favorite person, and Shits Creek super fan, super shitty fan, Aaron K. Powers. Hello, Aaron Powers. Hi, Welcome everybody. Thanks Com for having Majors. me back. Yay. Thanks. For the, for the first time in show history, we can also announce we have literally tens of people. Tens of people are listening us. and watching. We are watching have and listening. Shit show. I can use visual gags, Brian. There are no, thirteen people. Yeah. If you're it's out there, ten. please you know, let us know what your favorite episode of Shits Creek is in the comments mm. so that we can chat about it. Um, because there's a lot to yep. talk about and we're yep. gonna we're probably gonna ramble. And you're probably going to leave before we get to it, but maybe you'll listen back later. So yep. also tell us favorite Rose character and favorite non Rose character. We want all of the opinions, please. Thank you. I just love that you think the reason I don't want you doing sight gags is they're not funny because people can't see them. They're oh, not Brian. funny for the people who can see them. Oh, Brian. So, uh, so we are discussing Shits Creek, but before that we asked the most pressing question of every episode and why a lot of people listen each week. Uh, what are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have? I have an old fashioned made with wild Turkey one one, a giant Ooh. handle of which we broke into our second one today of the past month. You did not get that that long ago. It was a month ago. A month. We went through a handle of bourbon, wild month. turkey in a month. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That happened. I'm drinking Pinot Noir out of another re-gifted birthday present from a neighbor. It's the big 4-0 glass. We oh, did make I a like bunch of cider drinks for a bunch of people. That's true. That's helpful, Jim. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Erin, right. uh, what do you have? Uh, I have a glass of Moscato. Yay. Fruit wine. Excellent. Is that a fruit <laughs> wine? <laughs> yes, from the Herb Winery. Herb. Very earth. It's got a very earthy taste. <laughs> I'm I believe it has banana in it. I'm not sure. Banana. banana. <laughs> and who hasn't loved that? I'm <laughs> drinking uh, Madonna IIPA from uh -oh. Zero Gravity Ipa. Brewing Company. It's a double IPA. Ipa. Ipa, I guess. From Vermont. Mm. Mm hmm. So that's I was trying man. to think of a Madonna joke that whole time and I came up with nothing. That's yeah. all right, baby. Um, one that's of our it. commenters is coming at us for our wild turkey. Megan McCormick Carragher says, yeah. that was my first attempt of drinking from my parents' liquor cabinet. Yeah. We've had this mm. conversation. I thought it was low-cast class liquor. He assures me it's not, no, no, no. but we're not very high class. Wild Turkey 101, which is their 101 proof bourbon, yes. is a completely fine bourbon. It's very good. It is also the, the stuff that you would order a shot of to get somebody no, no. really messed up. Wild turkey. There's like other versions, like a regular. Yes, if you said wild turkey, it's not the one I want. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, there you go. It's a step yeah. up from your parents' liquor cabinet. That's what we have in the DeSanto yeah, house. Yeah, and they have they have even fancier ones like the what is it like Long Branch or whatever. No, it's three hundred three. Jesus. No, no, I don't think you doesn't know how work proof like that. Works. No. Okay. Uh, Matthew That's McConaughey is a, a spokesperson. He is. Yeah. Is it just like the car commercials? I want to believe that it's like him. It's similar, but he's a little like, more grizzled. Like a tractor. Than the like Link a tractor. Is, it Lincoln? is he like pull, pulling the tractor Lincoln. on the, no, on yeah. the, the wheat? 
No. He make it from wheat. fishing too, right? Like at one point. He Isn't does whatever nice he wants. <laughs> That's Matthew true. McConaughey. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. Um, all right, time for fact check. Uh, apparently, we got some viewer feedback mm-hmm. from our episode on fences last week. Can't I you take heard. It away? I heard from two commenters who were lucky enough to see fences on Broadway with James Earl Jones back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think it was the eighties. Is that right? 90s it's a long time ago 80s or 90s or somewhere anyway they both attested to the power that was the james earl jones version of troy they said it was spectacular to see that man in that role on broadway favorite one of a favorite shows so just wanted to share that i thought that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. that we that our listeners had that uh first primary source material love it Mm -hmm. love it um, I appeared this week on the No Limits Mitrap podcast what? that will be released in upcoming weeks. Uh, they were in awe that we record our show live. <laughs> so thankfully they, they record and edit so they can mm-hmm. chop me Smart. up as much as they'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've all been invited on to watch a movie with them on their show. Mm. What movie? Have they made uh, any of the Mitrap novels into movies? They have. And that's the one we've been invited oh. to do. So oh, you don't have fine. to read. You don't have to read any of the books. You don't even have to know yeah, who the that. authors we are. And we can do that. Do they understand the Hellgate that they could possibly be <laughs> opening from me? Uh, yes. Okay. They, they, they do. The fact that I have not heard about this movie. Makes- oh, it came out a while. It made decent money. Michael Keaton was in it. It was I you know, like, it was like, I love like two at the box office. I do um, love him. What what's was it called? called? American Assassin. American oh, yeah. yeah. Assassin. I, I it's on Netflix. Yeah. American yeah. Assassin, a Mitch Rapp yeah. experience. Yeah, right. there we go. Um, Katie got slimed this oh, past okay. week. Uh, yep. I shared the video to Com Major's social media. <laughs> Thank you for that. And it looked interesting. Why this, don't you share why that happened? Yeah, this is why I'm still wearing a hat today. Um, so my school uh, had a fundraiser. You know, normally there would be a gathering of of people. We don't we don't do the like make the kids sell stuff thing. We just have like one big shebang. And it's, you know, sell raffle tickets and do all the stuff. Well, we couldn't do that this year. And so instead, we uh, raised money by offering votes towards teachers getting slimed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, these teachers pulled out like thousands of dollars. It was like thousands $15, of votes. Right? Yeah. yeah Katie, great. Katie was in the like 400s. And I was like, well, I offered my children that if we could get to $500 for Waldron, that they could slime me because... I just thought there's no telling my children now that they cannot put slime on their mother's head when that has been the carrot has been dangled. Uh, So it happened. There weren't many slime materials in the house. So Jim had we we, there was a recipe for flour, dawn and water. Yeah, it's basically basically flour, dawn dish. So it's glue. It it looks kind of thick. Lumpy glue. Yeah, it comes out like pretty thick because that that slime, the recipe that Katie sent me is for like play slime, which doesn't like pour yeah, not, right it's like a stretchy not, thing yeah mm-hmm. so we basically just had to keep adding water till mm-hmm. it was like falling apart yep yeah and that's what how got long Katie's did head. that take to get out of your hair i legitimately had to invite my children into the shower so that they could comb my hair while i simultaneously 
shampooed and conditioned it like multiple times. I, however, watched The Mandalorian. Yes, Jim did not need to come and help. It was kind of like when Ted had to take the lice out of Alexis's hair. Yes, very good. Very good. It was just like that. And on Tuesday, two days after the slime experience and many showers post, I I did this at school and I was like, there's some slime back there. Behind the ears. All right. Behind well, the we ears. Get, uh, you better get spot. to Schitt's Creek. Oh, okay, then we'll get there. And then finally, um, I want to know how the Com Majors theme song that Aaron and Jim are working on is coming along. Well, Update. we worked on it all week, and then we had a computer issue. Got deleted. So we'll probably get Back around to, to it. Board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the chords. Aaron doesn't remember Taylor the words. Swift has recorded two albums during the pandemic. We're mm-hmm. asking for a 30 song. Well, theme song. you know, her, as I saw in a meme today, her last name's not Taylor or her name's not Taylor slow. Yeah. So oh. also it's like her job. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she gets paid to do it. <laughs> Is it? I didn't know. Is it? Are we getting compensated? Yeah, it, I mean, the, motivations change, Brian. As soon as you open are your we wallet, ones of dollars because we'll we'll start well, to pick up the pace. I would be willing to give you half of the money we made from our advertising campaign. We've been earning that money for months. You will not give it away for a song. Well, it's oh. it's stalled well, because then. we have no more sponsors. Yes. Our only sponsor was the platform that hosts our hosts the podcast, and they do that for everybody. I had so many, and hopes. it's run its course. I had so many hopes of this couldn't being even cra- the vehicle out of this yeah. life. So don't worry about. <laughs> <laughs> this this was our. Chance. This was my one chance. This was my one chance. You think it feels good to know I've been standing in the same place for eighteen years? <laughs> All right, it's Shit's Creek time. Oh, Shit's Creek. That's a that was a fences drop. Yay! Yep. Well done. Thank you. I love that. That was yep. amazing. Um where to begin All with right. this amazing show? So Who would like to start? My for my us? my baby rundown was whenever I'm trying to explain this show. Oops. Whenever I'm trying to explain the show to people that don't know what it is, I'm like, so it's it's like the Kardashians. It's a reverse Beverly Hills hillbilly. Right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yep. Right? It's like the Kardashians lost all of their money and ended up in the town where I grew up. You know what's funny though? Because <laughs> <Pine Creek, laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> and there, there's the show. They, they don't it. really they don't really talk about geography very much in yeah. this. But for me, they are such a specific New York kids. Like they don't. I don't know why they don't. Are they L.A. or? Uh, oh, that's no, interesting. I, think, I, I think I assumed no, that I they were Los LA. Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were like Beverly. Yeah. Hills. I don't think they're New. I don't think they're New York. No. Okay. That's different. Well, that is different. Wasn't David's gallery in in New York? Yeah. Yes. But I have the feeling oh, like he moved. I moved thought. Yeah. There, I thought so too. Oh, yeah. I thought he was. I thought. I thought I Moira was not. a California actress. She is not a New York actress. I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway. So. But, well, no, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, that she's I, soap operas. Right, right. Soap operas are California. Not all. Yeah, but they're not. Ca- not they, all of them. No. A lot of them are. Um, it doesn't. Right. The, but what I'm I'm spe- mainly Listeners, speaking about New about York or California. David and Alexis to me are like New York vibe socialites. Like mm. that's the vibe I get from them. Interesting. All right. Anyway. Agree to disagree, James. Yeah. Agree yeah. to disagree. We can't all all rise together, James. 
I don't know. I it's, I, it's I'm just, just gonna. Is that what this is gonna, gonna be? <laughs> it is. It's so just, fucking that, bad. That, that is. I'm just gonna keep trying. You're just gonna keep. I'm just trying. gonna keep, keep trying. Out. I'm gonna work the rim. I'm gonna work around the perimeter. All right. <laughs> there might be a I, word. <laughs> I feel like that's not gonna get us anywhere, but please feel free to try. Um, oh God. Um, all right. So, I think in, again. One of the. <laughs> One of the rare bright spots of 2020 mm. has been um, America's awakening yes. to this show, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I think is interesting because it gave the show, I think, a life that it might not have had otherwise. Mm. It's a show that by the time they started filming the last season, which is brilliant, most people weren't catching on to it. That's kind of when it became big. So, you know, even, um, you know, they said when they were writing it, they said there was no real stress in the last season because it was already written before it had become such Mm -hmm. a big phenomenon. They're like, yeah, we can't change anything. It's already written. We don't have to worry about what people want to see at the end Mm. or what they want this to be. And it's also, I think, a show that binging helped. Because mm-hmm. it's a show that starts slightly slow, potentially. Yeah. The first season I... takes some work the first time you watch it. Now, you yep. go back and watch it a second time. Yep. And it's yep. like, wow, this isn't what I remember the first season being yep. at all. But upon first viewing, this is a show that is a, a bit of a slow burn to get into. It is, but it's like masterfully so right because they they have to you they have to earn the viewers empathy for these characters because they they are not likable characters you know they make so many mistakes and there's so many cringeworthy moments and so to land where you land with these characters even like by season two by season three but then certainly at the end of the series it's it's like such artful storytelling because you know that first season no we don't lo- we don't love the roses we don't no. love the ro- we are like us, like shocked by the roses like oh, but we okay. also don't love many of the shit's creek people either uh, i Except, think i think I, you will get, tell you. I think you are more empathetic to the shit's creek people not because rolling. of the scenario though well no not right rolling. right <laughs> but i will say that the reason this show even probably went on beyond season one and two is because of Stevie. Mm. If, if that character doesn't exist in the way that she's portrayed, because to me, that's like the heart of like the first season is like her sort of grounding them into Shit's Creek and like connecting them on like a personal level, because there aren't many other likable characters on the show. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like in, but so until you get like further until you get beyond season one and two, I think. Are we we're at season two or season three? So we're in season three, right? We just we just yeah we're we're rewatching right now. We just hit the episode where um, Johnny and Moyer are celebrating their anniversary, and Mm. Roland and Jocelyn invite them to to dinner, and Johnny and Moyer turn them down. They go to the restaurant and happen upon folks that they knew knew from their previous life, uh, where they had money. And so they start having this like awkward kind of dinner of like pretending that 
life is what it was before. Uh, Roland and Jocelyn walk in. And that episode, I remember watching it the first time because it was like, oh, everything. It just feels like there's a major shift here where they Johnny defends Jocelyn and Roland and the town and basically calls his old friends out on their, you know, shitty ways. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I was going to say that, that Moira is reprehensible the entire time. Like there's no, there's no coming back for her. Right. That's just who she is. But there is a change with Johnny, Alexis and David specifically. Um, and it does I, for me. It does start around the same time. I, right? So I would disagree with you about Moira, but it's a harder yeah. sell. All right, let's let's let our guest tell us why she loves Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Go ahead, Erin. Uh, you can't say anything besides loving Schitt's Creek, right? Like that's we're just we're yeah. all going to talk about well, our love for it. <laughs> she's wearing a rose funny, apothecary we, shirt for those that are I listening. I am. Well, and I I do kind of like pride myself on being one of the earlier fans because I remember flipping through the channels and seeing it on Pop like the year after it had first premiered, I guess that's the, um, where it started, you know, from the CBC, uh, once they, they bought it. And, um, I remember like watching it and thinking it was funny, but I think I was really invested in it because of being a fan of Catherine O'Hara and Mm. Eugene Levy. And like, but I just remember thinking that, like, remember thinking David's character was so funny. Alexis's character was like, you know, such a, a uh, well-done portrayal of that sort of stereotype. And um, I'm not a big fan of Chris Elliott, so that almost, like, ruined it for me yeah. a bit. But then I, I stuck with it. And uh, I don't know. It's just gotten better from there. And I love that people love it. You know, like, it's like... Yeah. It's just, it's just good. I remember watching the special after the finale and just the way they were talking about it, about how it's, like, portraying... Um, a a family that's not normal living, trying to live a normal life and just, you know, and it's not preachy, but yet it has a lot of, um, you know, lessons that people can learn from it, you know, and and how like he was really saying in that, in that special, how he didn't want it to be preachy. He's like, I don't learn lessons when people tell me what I'm supposed to get out of it, but you know, it is, it's just so well done. I I, honestly, I like can't find any fault with it at this point. And I have watched it thrice. Mm-hmm. So, um, you are an I, expert. Yes, I feel yep. like it just mm-hmm. gets better every time yep. I watch it. I feel like I appreciate something else. So, so we haven't. I feel like we should at least give a little bit of like the creation story of the show, which is you know all we all have loved Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara for decades now. Um, but I I didn't know Dan Levy before this. Like, have we seen him in anything prior to Shit's Creek? Well, okay. So go ahead. Tell us. He was on, um, he was an MTV, uh, like reporter, but, I guess. Okay. But and then in he Canada, also did right? Wasn't he in Canada? Yeah, but Not- he did the Hills after show, which was the like, um, oh my God. You're so like, I may, or may dead, not, but... I may or may not have recognized yes. him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's, yeah, that's just, fair. Okay. As we but know he was not I'm, like a household you know, name. Not no, a household name. No, no, and and he wasn't an actor. Like they, I, when I, I rewatched the special today, and they, he was talking about that. Like his dad was even talking about. Like I don't. Can he act? Like I don't know if he can carry. <laughs> like, uh-huh. if he can do this. He's like I know he was good on these shows, but uh, so you know. But he just 
I don't know. David Rose's character, I think, is just it's hard not to love him, even when he's being ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, so so Dan Levy, Dan Levy writes this show and and asks his dad to kind of like join in with him in the and they are they are co-writers of it right but it was like dan's brainchild am i I right about that yeah and i don't think eugene wrote many episodes he helped produce it producer okay yes um and then i just love the story of like Catherine o'hara being invited to read the role of moira not even really thinking that she would carry on the role of just like and then her bringing her entire idea to, you know, who this character was going to be and and sort of changing who Moira was. And I just think that, I think there's such a cool backstory to the show that may like, and, and we didn't learn that until the end of the show. So I just think like on our rewatch, like round two, everything just feels more meaningful, you know, and and we loved it the first time around, you know, where the characters end up and, and, and their motivations and, and things like that. So yeah. I'm finding I notice I mm-hmm. notice the subtle changes more on the second watch. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. when Alexis talks about like breaking up with um, Stravos. No, no, her, <laughs> her man, the vet. What's his name? Oh, Ted. Uh, Ted. Ted. Thank you. And like how she's never felt like that. Like she's never felt bad about a breakup before. And then asking right. her brother for a hug. She's like, David, I think I need a hug. And he's just like, ew, ew. Um, But so there's like these just little moments that I think that it's only on the second watch that you see like, oh, here's where the character starts to like change, right? Starts to grow. Um, And it's just so cool to see that development because when you're in it the first time around, I think there's it's so subtle that it's not noticeable. Until yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, suddenly I'm rooting for this character. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Else, like, how did this happen? Like, suddenly it, I'm I'm in. Well, I think it's a difficult show at first, in particular in the first season, yeah. because it defies what a show like th- what your expectation of a show like this should be, which is usually what like really great art <laughs> can be if you give it enough time to get there. But right. you, but all the beats that you would expect, like a 25 yes. minute camera, multi-camera sitcom, it doesn't do that. And I think at first you're, it's kind of like, like if you ever read a novel that's written in like a different style, like they, like they change like the tense and you know, the construction yeah. or it's shot. You're, you, you, we're so used to watching a sitcom and you see Chris Elliott and you have an expectation. Okay. Here's going to be the zany guy. And this is what it's going to all be about. And this is where the jokes are going to be. And there's a rhythm to those types of shows. And then that doesn't, do this and i think the first season is a course correct you're not used to a sitcom playing a long game of we're gonna build these characters up in a certain way i mean most sitcom pilots are just supposed to be funny from the beginning and if you look at your generic sitcom by and large there's never growth of characters right. seinfeld was there ever really right because as soon as you grow the funny goes away the, the so thing like, that was funny about them is done right, right. Like, so that's like the whole point it's always sunny right they've been on for how many seasons now and just re-up for another and just four. re-up for another those characters <laughs> rarely grow um, they don't. No, they don't grow at all. No, they're but like, and they're the opposite. They like go in. I feel like right. they're the opposite. So they like, like feed into the fact. Well, that this they is never what grow, I was going to say is that the thing that I noticed while rewatching is that 
with a show like It's Always Sunny, they like to create an uncomfortable situation and let you live in it for 25 minutes, right? Like you are in every uncomfortable response, every uncomfortable scenario between these people. And with Shit's Creek, it's like you see the uncomfortable moment coming like 25 feet away, right? Like 20 moves away. And then right when it gets there, David goes, um, and then it cuts to the next scene. It doesn't, you don't live in the uncomfortable moment. You get all the laughs of knowing that it's coming. And then like, right as it's about to happen, like, it's like, okay, like David is like leaving and his dad says something and he's like, it's going to be uncomfortable. He turns around, he goes, um, and then it cuts to black and goes to the next scene. And it's so, it leaves you with an, with a lightness to this. So I was going to give to you the uh, suggestion of David's first encounter with, with the man. I don't even remember his name. The gorgeous shirtless man. Jake. Yes. Jake. Jake. (laughs) The wine. Yes. The pivot, like every 30 seconds in that scene is genius. And I think it speaks exactly to what you're talking about. Yeah. They don't, they don't let the characters um, become so annoying and so reprehensible by put by letting us they don't they don't show up let they don't show the audience the characters putting each other through hell and that's what it's always sunny is about like that yes. show is about completely those agree. characters the, putting yes. each other through hell torturing them. and that's why we don't hate these characters and that's why we learn to love them because as as the seasons move along there are little moments where they where you can see the uncomfortableness coming and they head it off, right? Like we just watched an episode where David's going to take his driver's license. And this one, honestly, rewatching it, this there's like this huge, heavy scene between him and Alexis when she's driving him there and she's explaining, or is it on the way home? No, I it's, forget. it's but like, on the no, way there because he's so there. nervous. Yeah. He she's explained to him why she never gets anxious. It's because of her personality and, she, and that, no one truly cares about you the way that you care about you. No one's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're wrapped up in their own thing. And like, you might think they have an opinion of you or worry, you know, and they don't. And David's like the complete opposite. He's worried that everybody is looking at him. Everybody has something to say and he's always on guard. And the reality is it's probably somewhere in the middle. Right. And when you're, when, when the other shoe finally drops, like you're, you're, you're immediately like, oh, Alexis is making some really good points here. And David passes the driving test because the guy doesn't give a shit. But and he but you see him realize that. You he see realizes him realize and he smiles. That, like, yes, yes, yes. That but his you sister also is giving get, him good advice. You also <laughs> get the other piece of the puzzle, which is that he's been worried about Alexis her entire life because life, yeah. of her attitude and because of the way that she goes about the way the way that she lives. And and then there's sort of like a mutual respect from those two characters on how they approach the world going forward, I think, from that moment. Yeah. And they make jokes about it, but they have an understanding, I think, from that point on about like, okay, David is this person and this is what's going to make him happy and not happy. And Alexis is, yeah. 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 Well, and I think you see that grow between them too. You know, I... I I don't know. Sorry, I could I could talk obsessively about this show. We could we could do uh, a whole Shit's Creek podcast. 
Thing. We could do it. I want, I want to dive episode. into every episode. We could do we could. an episode for. I want to talk about There's Alexis cleaning up doing her it, shit underneath better. David's bed. I want to talk about that one where she doesn't show <laughs> up at the bar. I want to talk about that. Aaron, are you free an additional 80 evenings? <laughs> well, seriously, there's so yes. much for to talk the next about. for the next three years. So much for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we might need to generate a little bit more one, revenue one from episode our first a week. podcast before I we go into a second we podcast. We do a Shit's Creek podcast. This whole thing turns around. We put comedies on hold. Around. Boom. <laughs> I am all in. No. I will expand my okay. wig collection. Oh, please do. Because I can't week? imagine. I was kind of hoping you were going to find that coat that made Jim sick. No, I had to get rid of that. I had to get rid of that. Donald Trump wig. That got seized in the tax fraud case. What, um, one of the things that amazes me too about this show, besides just the cutting off Mm -hmm. of things that would be uncomfortable is I love all the things that you think are going to be uncomfortable or like the, the obvious episode, like the one that always comes to mind to me is when Patrick. All right. So for people who haven't watched the show, I can't imagine you haven't watched it and are listening to this because we're just going to spoil everything. But when Patrick's parents arrive and they don't know that, but that this is like your, this is like, I feel like so many U S network major network shows, would turn this in a thing where they would reject him or because they could play that up right like oh we're gonna preach to you we're gonna let you see and it's played as like no not at all we love you this is all. like but, to and me that's the when second they do time things, yeah i know when so, but they do a lot of stuff like that and i yes. but i love but i love that about this show it's yep. like yeah me too easy things that should just be like okay we're, we're gonna like this paint by numbers writing now this is gonna be what's yeah. gonna happen and then and then some somebody's gonna you know beat up david because he's gay and he's in this small town none of that right ever really had and i love the yep. fact that it's just like no no this is this is it's almost like the ideal world to live in. Everybody's it, it, it's just like true. It, you're like, absolutely great. right. It's like a bucolic yeah. picture of like what if small town America was like this and like right. everybody could just be exactly who they are and we could all get along with each other. Like what a, what a dream. Um but what you're talking about Bri, I totally agree and I think that scene that Jim's talking about it's the same thing because you know Johnny Rose is standing in in a David's room and Jake walks out from the shower and our understanding as audience is like David has hooked up with men in the past, but his parents certainly Let me ask you a question. Is is the the wine conversation after that or before that? The wine conversation is before that. Okay. So David hooks up with Stevie and they have a conversation where Stevie's like, so basically I thought you were gay, but they use the wine as a metaphor, right? I thought you were, yeah, I thought you only drank white wine. I drink white wine, like, and David's like, well, I I drink white wine and red wine and sometimes I like a rosé and once I hooked up with a shark Chardonnay, who a Merlot, actually turned who out to be a Merlot. A Merlot. Yeah. A Merlot, yeah. who was a Chardonnay. Oh, so, a genius conversation. It's a beautiful <laughs> conversation. So we get David's whole picture, but you also get that, like, his parents don't necessarily know all of that information, right? So Jake walks out of the shower, and you see all of the thoughts on Johnny's face. And watching him eyebrows, stumble through that, eyebrows. it's all in the eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching so him stumble eyebrows. through it, and then Moira comes in. And then Alexis comes in, but there's never, it's never a moment of judgment. It's just like, oh, okay. He's very attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but, but you that's know, where they get stuck. Yeah. 
Do you know what else it is though? Like in rewatching it, I rewatched the finale again in the lead up to it. And what almost clicked to me, the, the brilliance of this show is that like David and Patrick's relationship turned into like the great kind of like sitcom husband wife type relationship yeah but it's never a big deal that it's two men i feel like you don't even think about that and that's Mm -hmm. like to me so even 10 to 15 to 20 years ago would have been so foreign and i just think it's so interesting like of shows we talk about like something like will and grace or ellen or something like that they always leaned into this idea of like oh we're gonna be a little bit you know we're gonna make you understand why it's you should be supporting these types of issues whereas this it's just people and i feel like by not making it an issue it it probably opens a lot of people who maybe are even challenged to this idea yeah. that you're just well, watching they're... these as characters. They get to be characters. And that's yeah. what maybe I appreciate the most. These people get to be people. They're not right. stereotypes. Like David and Patrick relationship is as good as any relationship you'll see on anything. Yeah. I think and, better. And, and, it's, and, it's and, one but of my that's favorite. Like a, I, that, but that's yep. amazing to me. Yeah. And what I think hopefully people learn from it is by not going for the cheap like storyline and just making it a storyline like that was a storyline again that any show it could have been like any sitcom you've thought about where it's like based upon a relationship or any drama like Mulder and Scully and the X-Files or any of these shows where it's always like you have to be typecast the guy and the girl they played that relationship out as maybe one of the great (laughs) all-time relationships and you never think about it you never are I don't know. It's just so interesting yeah. to me that they were able to write something in that way. It's and they brilliant. didn't. They didn't do the thing where like the one character, usually the the male, has to like grow up and change the way that they interact in the relationship in order to make it work in a way that is unnatural to the character. Right? Like right. they they just let them have have moments where they were childish and and mm-hmm. and normal relationship moments like where they're a real like relationship yeah right? where they're like where they're they are you know immature and and non and being stubborn and then you know they counter, through it. right countering that with like yeah i I understand I did that and you know, let's move on. But it's, you know what it is? It's an organic relationship too. Like if you look back at like sitcoms and it's, they they usually want it to be so forced, right? Think of even the office, Jim and Pam, how long can we stretch this out? And then even when they got together the last few seasons of the office, they, they tried to bring in a character that would break them up and like, it's just such bullshit. It's not real. And this was just like, no, we're not going for any of that cheap stuff. We're just going to, they are there's this great relationship and we're just going to let that play out. And that allows those characters to become not only so beloved, but so funny and everything. Cause you don't have to worry yeah. about all these manufactured ideas. It's just, this is what they are. And you don't, I felt it was so refreshing. Like, Oh man, as soon as Patrick's parents were like, no, we love it. I was like, I feel like I'm going to be able to watch the rest of the show and I'm not going to have to worry about these cheap, like yep. yeah. storylines. I'm just going to be able to like buy into this relationship and it's going to be amazing. Right. And it also frees them up to do other stupid things like make David play baseball. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> which is amazing. Because, like, like, because that is that's amazing, real. Though. Like he's going to stand out there yeah. for him. Yes. Not 
you know, it's not going to be a deal breaker in their relationship, but it's going to be in a really uncomfortable situation yep. for him. Yep. Right. So, I, you know, I think that the couples in this show are amazing. I love Moira and Johnny. Like their their By relationship the is intriguing. Can I? Yeah. I love Patrick and not Patrick. I'm sorry. I love Ted and Alexis and watching their like ups and downs again, rewatching is so interesting kind of like knowing where they end up and then seeing how they play out their storyline um but i think david and patrick it absolutely one of the it best tv couples it also of all i feel time. like changes hopefully like people talk about like oh when ellen came out on that show like that was such a pr thing like when they did it on that sitcom not in her real life but on that sitcom even will and grace i feel like that was part of how they were going to market this show i felt like that this is one of the first times i've ever seen a, a a two men in a relationship on a tv show where that's not what the show had to be about that yeah. was not like that was just a part of the show yeah. the sh that didn't it wasn't how they had to sell the show it was as normal or as interesting as any of the other relationships i don't feel like it was focused in like it was focused in on because david was a major character it wasn't right. going to be focused in on because we're now going to have a gay relationship on a show yeah. so this is going to be the focus of this season so that we yeah. can pattern no it was like you're saying it was the same as like moira and john all these roland and jocelyn all yeah. these interesting relationships and they played with them all the same way they were just about right. the relationship it wasn't about the people who were involved in the relationship so i think the coffee house episode is like i don't know top three tv episodes mm -hmm. for i it's i don't the, think it's the next episode i don't think i have re-watched an episode of a tv show that many times ever like i just i would just yeah. like rewind and like hit play again like i don't there's just something magical about the like the musical performance like noah reed is amazing uh, like yeah. uh, just amazing um the way that they prepare the audience for you know so that you're like expecting this to be humiliating and that he's of course, gonna yeah. right like who who would think this guy can sing right like you're you're expecting this to be a flop and then watching moira yeah. watch david well, like I, the layers of that story, I can't. So yeah. So Moira, is, yeah, God, she is probably the hardest of the roses to love. She seems the like the the most oblivious at times. Yeah, like she isn't is that what's totally so in her own bubble. Well, <clears throat> but she, yeah, does, she's she able does, to she does vain. have her moments. But I yeah. do like she's the able to be vain, but also like. I don't know. Like she does, she cares about her kids, she even does. though they play no, up but, the like. Didn't you pick but, up the wrong kid at daycare? You know, like those yeah. sorts of. You don't things. know like, her middle name. You don't know my middle yeah. name. But I, to <laughs> me, no, but to me, the interesting, uh, the really interesting thing after the first watch, when you re revisit and you really like sit on that character and think about it is I think that the level of insecurity with her mm -hmm. having grown up in a town like that. And she makes that point in yeah. being poor and then going to that. And you see that in people like the people mm -hmm. who have risen to the top, like from nothing, mm -hmm. the idea of going back, like the terror of going back to that. So I thought that was interesting how she played it. And I also do think that she was someone and it's a tough role 
I do feel like she's the one that they could constantly go to for a laugh. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's other, yeah. you know, like there's other storylines in some, in some respect, and it's a much more nuanced performance, but yeah. it was almost like the Kramer and Seinfeld thing. You could have all the other people doing stuff, but you always knew you could get out a, a laugh out of Kramer or a laugh out of Dwight in the, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a really tough role to play yeah. because you, you're going to have this show that has these amazing character arcs in particular for David, and Alexa and Johnny I think is kind of the 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 balance of the show right he just kind of keeps he grounds it in some respects of the Rose family so you do need somebody who's going to I don't think all four of them could have evolved as much but her craziness gives you a guaranteed laugh almost every scene that she's in so I think there's these like vital moments where you see her be vulnerable that really helps to like build your empathy with her Um, so again in season three the the lunch with Alexis which both of them are dreading and trying to avoid (laughs) yeah like they because they've never sat down and have had a conversation with each other um, and you know, Alexis originally gets very offended by these questions of like, what's your favorite color? It's like, you should know these things about me. Um, and it opens up into this like really lovely conversation about, um, you know, Alexis not wanting to spend time with her mom mm-hmm. because her mom was a celebrity and like fo- and folks would, you know, flock to her and, and, and still that like Moira insecurity of like the throngs of fans and. You know, Alexis yeah. is like, yeah. no, maybe that, more like a handful. The insecurity of her, <laughs> yeah, no, right? totally. Yeah. Well, no, but so you I'm see all of it. People, I see, I almost never disliked her, which is interesting. I don't know why. I just feel like she's so, she's like one of those people, and you all know yeah. people, we all know people like that, that's just so out there that they're endearing. They're like, well, there's nothing, there's nothing purposefully like harmful about them. They're just maybe either clueless think, or, you know, I think it's the not piece where you get, yeah, but, but where you get your feathers up about Moira is her judgment of the town and that, the people and that, that live there. That's what right? I was going to say. Is that, and so that's it. Like, to be, isn't that supposed to be there? Like, yeah. Isn't that yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. overcome that? And they're supposed to overcome the fact that they've never really spent that much time together, despite being a family of yes. four, like until they have to share a hotel but, room. Or a, or hotel and seat. she's so closed off, you know, right? Like so that. Not, yeah, yeah, Aaron. So that They've that last scene when she's with the Jazza gals, right? Yeah, it's like her. She's been so shut off that I feel like almost the only person that's ever gotten to see who she probably really is is Johnny. Yeah, right. Yeah, who knows her and loves her because he probably is the only. Even her kids prior to this didn't know her. Right. So right. maybe her her growth is more subtle, but I think they. In her performance, she does it in interesting ways. Well, I agreed. You get those little moments of like when she sees the the one singer and jazzy girl gals when she like knocks her song out of the park, and more you see the realization on Moira's face of like, oh, I, I, she can actually sing. Like I, she well, she gets up there and does like the bippity bop 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 bop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her scat, her scat performance. Yeah. yeah. And then when her moments directs- with Jocelyn and Roland, like you can see her insecurity about her own relationship, you know, when she talks to them. Yeah. I like when she directs a uh, cabaret because I feel oh like her, God, her interactions with Stevie are some of the more redeeming moments for me because yeah. she'll go from like trying to like show her, teach her everything she knows to just like being there for Stevie in the way Stevie needs her to be. And like, that's, I think, a cool 
mm-hmm. like Moira growth moment, you know, but without yeah. it seeming like forced, it's just kind of like she realizes that this is a person that she, you know, and Alexis helps her get there, but yeah, um, I, th- I think it's my turn. Yeah, it is. Thank it you. is. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think that with Moira, what I was really thinking about when I said that she's unlikable is that she never grows in a way that she puts herself on the same level of the as the other people of Shit's Creek. That never right. happens. That, that and I is think, true. And I think that's because they need that level of like unknowing contempt so that she can be funny, yeah. right? Because if, if she has yeah, to be funny, right, right, right. Like, and, and that's, but but to Aaron's point, like. I think she's she's basically telling Stevie like you can do the same thing I did and be better than all of these other people that are yes. that you're with. That's my favorite episode I think by far because Steve we'll get there but Stevie's my favorite. It's not yeah. it's not even close because I think <laughs> her sense of humor is basically my sense of humor. <laughs> Well, here the one of the things yeah. I mean, I've, Katie I've thinks found... she dressed like Moira, but she actually dressed like David. So <laughs> she did dress like that is true. You do well, kind of look Stevie, like David, Stevie's or actually, you also look like the rug from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Your the, 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 the lodge. Beetlejuice, which is you yeah. know her the one of her other kind of moments. The cabaret, cabaret episode, yeah. Like when she's I'm like crying because I just you know you, yeah. you see her grow and it, yeah. I kept thinking, like, as the more I got into this show, thinking about a discussion we had ages ago on this show um, about something about Mary and Chris Elliott's in it. But the thing about this show is there really aren't any cheap laughs. No. Which is which is why I think you can right now. Aileen and I finished the show probably less than a month ago and are already rewatching it. And it's, it's even more rewarding. And, and there are certain obviously funny things or surprise little elements of surprise, but the writing and I mean, really good writing is vital. I think for comedy and people forget it. Sometimes the fact that they're able to write at such a intellectual level is Mm -hmm. why I think this is a show 15, 20 years ago, you know, from now people are, and it's the same thing, by the way, with the really good office episodes and the really good Seinfeld episodes, they were different. It's not big bang theory. It's not tune, you know, all these other shows that maybe made a fortune when they were running, but two years after they're off the air, nobody even remembers that they're on anymore. This is one that is amazing. This is like, I think there are so many layers. No, but like, Scrub stood out to me because you could tell that everything was a decision, right? Like everything was thought through everything from where the characters were standing to what the music was to what they were like. You could just feel in the construction of the show, like how well thought out it was. That's how this show feels to me. And I agree, Brian, I have never so quickly ended a show and said, I think I think I'm ready to start right. again. Even even the cheap <laughs> laughs. Like again. if you look at some of the characters, like Roland is really the only one that plays for cheap laughs, and that's because he's a shithead who plays for cheap laughs. The character, not <laughs> right, the character, right, not right, the right, show. Right, right. The show Which is basically is making fun of the fact that he does that. Yes. 
Yeah. And in, yeah. It, it, it's like a meta discussion of comedy of like, and, and Chris Elliott's so weird. So like, I was thinking about that. Don't you think the he two was men a in the show cast for that perfect. for that reason though? Because well, you, Jim, I never thought of it. your analysis right there is so true about him. I expected like when I first watched it that he was going to be this zany guy. Because here's Chris Elliott, right. and you're right, he's he was, playing, but like that's but, part of the joke. Fun of that, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. So the Shit's Creek sign, yeah. you know, like everybody else in the show is like. What the heck with this sign? <laughs> yeah, Roland's the like, oh, only person. Well, yeah. and the what's who's the like realtor slash? Bo- uh, <laughs> yeah, he does all of no, the. No, not Bob. Right. I was yeah. thinking last night when they went to the funeral home. I was like, they should have had him run the funeral right, home right. too. Like it would have just kept Wait, the shtick going. Could I just add? Ray. By the way, when you go back, it, like it's one of the. He's like one of those characters you miss the first. When you go back, oh, and no. he turns into a photographer. He's and he fantastic. Has the, people, yeah. the first meeting between Patrick and David. <laughs> Is this couple taking like engagement yes. pictures with like a green screen behind? Wait, it? wait, wait! Hold Amazing. on. Before we it's like unbelievable. Before we get too far away, I want to talk about Chris Elliott because the we, I have this thing with well, and the two main like men characters in this show, Chris Elliott and and um, what's his name um, Johnny. Yeah. Um, Chris Elliott has basically looked the same, yeah, forever. And he's like the reverse. He is like the reverse of Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Paul Rudd has looked forever 24. (laughs) He's looked forever 80. No, he's like 55. He looks the same as he did in something about Mary. Maybe a little smaller because he was he was bigger back then. But like, it's funny. And then Johnny Eugene Levy. Well, Eugene has Levy more attractive. Ama- he, looks amazing. Yeah, he is he's dead like sexy a, yeah. in this show. He can pull off a suit for right. sure. He said, "I forget what I was just reading." Where he was like, "This is the straightest role I've ever played." Or like, yeah. "Like this is like the closest to just him being him." He's I feel like he's always been. I love his character, specifically in the shows that we just watched, and I remember it from the first time around when he starts the two episodes where. He starts helping Twy at the diner and just Love diving in because he, because yeah, he finds is. purpose and like he knows that he can help. And then when Stevie inherits the the motel and he Ooh. decides that he's going to get involved with that, like I and those are the moments for him that connect him to Shit's Creek, right? Like to the town and the people but also the insecurity that he has where he says like my kids are out there like they yeah. have job like right. i've always supported this family right and like now i, I i've got nothing right. and like they're carrying us and so like i think that's a very real well, that's the other side is re- like you relate to him having that moment all the, him david and alexis all show vulnerability real vulnerability throughout yeah. the throughout the series and that's how they grow. Moira is showing vulnerability all the time but none of it's real. It's right. all like but, oh, but isn't it amazing? like I need but to go live in the closet. But, like it's yeah, never but real. Well you eventually get she, there but it takes her the no, right, right. It takes her the longest. <laughs> But but I think it's interesting is is that a meta thing on acting right right like yes. she didn't yes. really yeah. so she got sent to the wilderness but yeah. all it really took was a reboot and she's back to yeah. the top you know yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. you don't it's like it's almost a joke of like how fraudulent this industry right. is right. Like, right. she really yeah. didn't have to it took it took her being in a bad 
Z-level movie that had a viral of I like the the way they make fun of the croning Hollywood oh and God. like that industry. Yep. Like the ton and cheek element of that I think is brilliant. Yeah. Like oh yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's going to cuz you right, you always think of like actors and all these people, oh, we're so enlightened, we're so whatever. The shallowest people oh, yeah. in this entire Wait, it, series are is it always the final actors season or with artists. like the, the diamond tennis bracelet and the yes, whole, that's the I just, second to last for episode. A di- a, a diamond tennis bracelet but shit like that happens that's <laughs> right. like no, crazy stuff absolutely yeah you're gonna do this and uh you'll give me the diamond bracelet i love um we talked about how the show defies like what hollywood you'd usually do something the the ted and alexis relationship yeah and how i kept waiting the first time i watched it Ted's going to show. I kept saying to myself, Ted's going to show up. I know they're playing this long game. And, and I was kind of like, Ooh, I'll, I'll be excited when he comes back. And then he doesn't. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would love to have seen him. Cause it was like five or six episodes. But the more you sit with it and the more you go back and watch it now, I'm like, that was a, a brave choice. Yeah. Cause you think of all these series, right? Like when somebody le- like all these great shows, when they come to an end, they're like, we're just going to bring everybody back and we're going to well, almost yeah. reverse all those interesting choices we might have made throughout an entire series. And they don't they don't do it. And I, I kind of love that now. I think I think that plays really heavily into what they wanted to do with Alexis, which is make her one likable and also not I don't want to say knock her down a peg, but but make her experience like a true relationship in a way that like real people feel relationships, not like let's go jet setting and like, you know, hang out on yachts and like, but like I'm sad when you're gone type relationship. Right. Um, And so like not bringing him back, I think is, was really important for her character. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and also she is one of the, the the stereotype of her is the codependent. I'm always with Agreed. someone. Yeah. I'm always looking for the next person. And so to have her have a very mature conversation where they evaluate, like, what does this look like and what do we want it to be? And, you know, like, where's it going from here? Like, that's the moment where you see how she has grown, you know, that that she's confident in herself yeah, that she can evaluate independently, you know, like, mm-hmm. where am I, you know, where am I with this? I can still love you, but know that what's best for me is for us to not be together. Like, mm-hmm. that's huge, yeah. huge. Well, and it's huge. It's huge in the comedy that they felt, I feel like, consistently um, confident that not every scene had to have an out loud laugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Which is, which is interesting too. Like, and, and, but that's, I think one of the reasons this show will continue to age as well, because we've talked about this before, like comedy tends to be so driven by a time period in films, right? Like that's why like you get this run where, all right, all the comedies are Will Farrell's the lead or Adam Sandler's the lead. Then it's Kevin Hart. Cause that's, what's funny now. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like these are pretty true things. Like they're willing to go a scene where the laugh doesn't have to be tied to a specific time period, or they can run two scenes and the laugh's not going to pay off until the last scene. 
And right. that's pretty yeah. unique for a comedy, I think, that they can yeah, it, be confident to do that. Yeah. I think Arrested Development had a little bit of that, like that kind of idea too, where it's like there are going to be some scenes that are just kind of like, what's going This is kind of weird if you're expecting just like out loud laughs. But, uh, so, but, but Arrested Development does lean back. You know, just even just in the use of the music. Oh, and yeah. The, right. Like the cut. Yeah, it's zanier. It, right, yeah, it, yeah. it absolutely yes, it agree. pulls yeah, back. It absolutely agree. Um, whereas I was going to say the, you know, the, if you haven't, my, our friends who are watching, who have watched all of the seasons, if you haven't watched the final, I don't, what is it? A documentary on the yeah, It's like a making yeah, of the last season. Yeah, right? it's right there. Comes, you have yeah, to watch right the making of. Um, because I I love seeing the actors and actresses experience the characters and observe the scenes. And so, Brian, when you were talking, I was just thinking about them showing the actors watching Alexis and yeah. Ted in that mm. scene and yeah. them crying. And so to me, that that shows that like full development of like, they are those characters, right? Like that these these actors are those characters and your and your cast is so invested in their story that they're having an emotional reaction to watching it play out. Like that's well, pretty magical. Well, stuff. think about this. Think about the fact that you have Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara who have been in so a many ton things. of things. Yep. You know, she's Mrs. McAllister. Like Next week, we'll see her again. Yeah. They, for me right now, I don't know, and it could be proximity bias, but I think th they will go down as being Johnny and Moira Rose. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you like know, their other characters are funny. Yeah. But kind but you, of forgettable. This, this will seal them. They are, re yes. they are so. Yeah. But ingrained it, in these characters but and, it's and the culmination in. of their relationship right yeah. where it's like i thought you were going to say they're going to go down as one of the the great like comedy duos in history which is, i i like that as well but yeah but they are like this them in these roles is the apex right, of but, what, right. they've, what they've done and considering all the incredible roles that they've already had that's yeah. that's really crazy. Well, and everything else has been movie, right? So this is the longest form that's that they've true. committed to. That's true. They do. We do get to know them more than any yeah. of their other characters. Yeah. Well, it's also impressive that they're, and maybe this is because the the boom though it started to get a lot more attention, but the fact that they were willing to leave it when they did, like most almost every show stays around too long like there's nothing else that you can get out of these storylines we've done every ridiculous trope we've done every this show i feel like there's so many more things they could have done if they wanted to do but they're also smart enough to like say we're not going to go down that avenue like when patrick gets his wisdom teeth out i want a baby like they didn't go down that route of he wants a baby and david doesn't like that was like funny as a bit but then it's like no we're done with it and they're just like this is it we don't need to be in the motel for 10 years we don't need to have one of them decide they want to leave and go have a movie career mm -hmm. and then we're trying to figure something out i think they might have 
maybe one of the best finales, if not the best finale of a sitcom ever. Yeah. Hands I, I'm I was trying to rack. I don't think I've ever felt that satisfied for, by an end or of a show. ever yeah. thinking of something. And that's a testament to what they're able to do. Like rarely can you give, I usually feel like a finale of a show is like, we have to give each character a scene, but you know, it's like their last scene. Yeah. So it's not as interesting, you know? So it's like, okay, well now this person's been on a show for 10 years. So we need to give them their moment. And like everybody gets their moments in it, but it's written so well that it doesn't feel yeah. like that's what I'm I looking think, at. I think from the outset, they basically set the tone that, no one on this show is bigger than the show and the show is right. going to dictate what is important to, story to tell in the end. And so like, you don't need just, to have each little character have their send off and their moment. You just tell the story that you wanted to tell. And I don't think anybody was, I think by the end, everyone trusted enough in what they had accomplished to say, like, there's no ego about how my character is going out. That's what I was just going to say. I feel like even just the the ego wasn't there. Like, even watching the special, I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel like I would watch things like that and just think, like, they're all acting about how much they like each other, how much they right. like working on the project. Like, I genuinely believed, and I kept thinking, is it because I love the show that I want them to, like, love being a part of it? But I genuinely believe that they just all cared about this project and they were invested in it. They were invested, as Katie said, they were invested in their characters and they just, like, wanted to see it through and they wanted to do it the way they wanted to do it. And it wasn't about like, I don't know. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the levies. Like, I just don't get a sense of like ego about either of them. I, I get a confidence, but I don't get that. It's like, you don't know, forget why. Yeah. And Twyla, I know they, well, I mean, they I love seem... the scenes with Johnny because I think like, I'm like, Oh my God, that's her dad. They're getting, yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's like so cute. They seem like the anti-Rose family, right? Like, I mean, the right. the fact that they've lived in Canada, right? <laughs> like they live in Canada. Well, and I was going to say, I don't know if that's I, part of it too. Like it started as a Canadian show, like it was yeah. on CBC first. And so that's like, there maybe that's part of it as well. Like yeah, it wasn't funny. marketed until the third or fourth season, the way that a show would normally be. Aaron, have you watched uh, Comedians in Cars getting coffee? at all uh no uh, actually i started one episode but i don't okay. think i've watched you it would yet. like it especially with like if it's like someone that you actually like 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 the seth rogan one i thought was super interesting because he talks about how canadians are uniquely positioned to to do comedy in the u.s because they are they are close enough to like look and feel like us but they are outside enough to make really astute observations yeah. and I mean yeah. we're surrounded by a ton of Canadians who are absolutely hilarious like mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize who like how many yeah. how many funny comics and comedic actors are Canadian um, and I just yeah. thought that was interesting I, I, I'm i sure that does play a part in in this to some extent I do think yeah. we, we give a lot of credit to like British humor in the US um, over the years, but I think in the end, like Canadian humor will will be like special to us in in a certain way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's all, do we have um, a funny quote or a moment, you know, or something that jumps out that we haven't talked well, about yet? I feel like so we have to bring up a few, a few comments yes, or moments. Yes, go Yes, um, absolutely. So Megan Carragher is bringing up Moira's outfit at Patrick and David's. Uh, actually, <laughs> we do have one listener who hasn't, sorry, Lore, she hasn't finished the series yet, but um, yeah. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Earmuffs, Lori. Earmuffs, Moira's Lori. Pope bishop yeah. outfit uh, is one of the the best visual gags yeah. ever yeah but uh, then but time. then also so like again like the way they play the line of like that's so stinking funny and her yeah. in that role in that scene is so stinking funny but somehow that still feels so beautifully per like i i still don't really get it like it just feels like a masterpiece of like i don't know how you worked all of those moving parts to this all being fantastic like i, I don't yeah. know well cuz if she showed up in something like understated it just it wouldn't have felt no like it, it, it was like you know, how like, do you and that's top where it they get the humor yes. you know and alexis even like we were talking about before we started like her <laughs> having that moment in the vestibule like david i think you're right like i think i am wearing a wedding dress like <laughs> yeah she like, <laughs> she like admitted basically because like, they're you know they're still and that's what they're still like they were at the beginning even though their relationships have evolved and they've evolved like they still have those moments like because that's just who they are you know yep. and it's like they well they everybody everybody reverts to to some extent yeah. right like absolutely and how you yeah, deal with the re the revert is like how you've grown right like yeah like how you how you you yeah like like the fact that she realized that is growth <laughs> the fact that she yeah. admitted it yes. is growth so I have a hard time thinking about like what's my favorite. I know, but just do you want yeah. to? Yeah, and we're in one the middle of it right now. Like we're doing the okay. rewatch, so I feel like yeah. I'm skewing towards the beginning of the series. But what I'm That's thinking fine. about? Go for it. No, I'm actually thinking about how much I loved watching um, David accompany Stevie in following her like short-lived romance yes. towards the ends oh, of the series with that with the guy yeah, yeah. and like the, the karaoke, karaoke yeah like oh, i felt so like good. that was i love so the way that their friendship develops throughout the show mm -hmm. and so to me that episode and those those few episodes where he's like just trying to be her wing person but then also you know like do all the right things as her friend um i i loved that i love the way that they wrote out that story yeah. It's a great friendship, by the yep. way. It's yeah. a real, like, really interesting portrayal of what a, a, a actual friendship is like, yeah. which I enjoy mm -hmm. as well. I yeah. love the, um, obviously, the, the we already talked about the cabaret moment oh, with Stevie. But yes. the episode we just watched where Stevie learns that she's inheriting the <laughs> the, the, the motel it really is a good and one. they open <laughs> they open her aunt's effects you know that the lawyer is dropping off yes and david goes when did you take this picture and she's like that's my aunt and he's like just or he does that at the end right just because like, he, they're dumping her ashes. yes just because the you lot. bear a striking resemblance to her does not mean that this is going to be you. And then he looks at the lawyer and he says something like, I'm going to pack this up. <laughs> no, his, uh, his facial expressions. Well, no, he, are... and, it, and, and the fact that he was not an actor, 
the fact that yeah. he's laughing like 90% of the time yeah. and he turned that into the character, I think is... I love yeah. it. I love it. What, did, did you get Agreed. a Lebowski that, like, vibe in the urn conversation? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I might have been the same. This well, is her most modestly right. priced urn, I, sir. I got such a Lebowski vibe there that I wondered if that was the same actor that played oh, the, that's a the, great point. the mortician. Was it? it really... The, I don't think so. <laughs> that whole scene... The like I found it oh, above okay. the microwave. I think we're done here. I found it above the microwave. What have I been using? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get some creamer? He doesn't even what call it I creamer, been... whitener or something. Yeah, yeah. It's a really yeah, weird they're word. Canadian. They're Canadian. Yeah. Aaron, how about you? Something that we didn't get to hit on um, that you love? I mean, I know it's like become kind of one of the more commonly acknowledged, like the because I just rewatched it recently too. The fold in the cheese. Oh God. Um, moment because again it's like the timing like their timing is so perfect because he's like well, it is it's mean? like was it, it like it's like uh what's with the one they always show when we're in com classes with i love lucy yeah it's the like the chocolates. equivalent yeah, of the, the, yeah, it's it's conveyor belt chocolates. Of, yeah. of yeah. that and it's brilliant yeah and the um and katie brought up the the conversation between um moira and alexis when they had the note cards that's always a favorite for me because I'm, I'm always like their relationship i think isn't one of the ones that's more focused but later when alexis starts her career and stuff and how more yeah, is able yeah. to play a role in that like it's kind of you know that moment that starting that for them anything with steve that when they go to the party at um when patrick and david go to the party at uh what's his face uh jake's yeah um and Patrick wears like a tight shirt and they're like busting on each other in the hallway. And then they get like, that is such a great scene too, because I, I think that's just sums up their dynamic so well as like their, their friendship as well as their, you know, romantic relationship. So I don't know. I, There's so many. I, love obscure things and i when i start a list one of my favorite things is all the things that happened to alexis when she was like oh her, her name drops when they were take, like <laughs> this those, is just I'm sorry, so much like, easier than driving yeah. a tank in a burka, <laughs> burka. <laughs> i mean yeah. those like to me like are why i could keep well david yeah, watching so david show again and again like alexis i was the one having to send you passports, passports and, and color, color contacts <laughs> like, well, but I, being at her graduation they're like, yeah, and she wasn't there and he's like uh, uh, tina chang that's a picture of <laughs> tina chang how long have you carried that in your wallet yeah but like those things and i'm sorry like there's not a lot of gag like laughs in this show but when she does a little bit of Lexus as the <laughs> tryout, that is all time. That is like yep. when she's, that is all time for us. Like, yep. God bless her. She wrote that with her friends. Like Anna Murphy wrote that with her. Like oh, really? they went for that scene. And that is just like, no matter how many times you hear it or see it, it is like, no, and the thing I love most about it is nothing gives more insight into who these people would have been before right. we met them on yeah, this right, show right. than yeah. that song. And David and, and, and the, the running gag. Yeah. The running gag that she had like the sitcom and that was like yeah. the reality that not only gives great insight to each of the characters that, you know, her parents were fronting the money to produce it and all that stuff, but it's just, so damn funny yeah mm -hmm. i forgot like, about the milk the milk is so good yeah the milk is great but i was oh. just thinking about the end of season two though 
So the end of season oh, two the, is, is the, after the restaurant, right? So they the end find season, out that uh, uh, yes. that they're both seeing Jake. No, yes. it's this. It's the barn dance party. Yes, it's so, right, the, but that's the same. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They both see Jake. But to me, that moment where. Moira celebrates Johnny. So again, when we're thinking about like Moira's development as a character, yeah. she when her the look on her face when Johnny stands up to their friends in the restaurant and says like you're acting small. Like you all you've done since you entered in here was like make fun of yeah. this town and these people mm. who have done nothing but embrace us, give us a place yeah. to live, taking care of us, right? Um she looks at him with such pride and then they come mm. to that party and you know, there's just this like amazing moment with their family yeah. where it's like the kids we've are surprised never to see them. been like this before, right? Where yeah. the, it feels yeah. like she's taken down her mask yeah. and taken off her wig, and it's like, I really love us, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Let's and there dance. is the one to end on this. <laughs> there is genuinely, and and I looked for it. There is genuinely not a bad episode of this show. No. I don't think. Nope. And I like the other day I was like, oh, we were starting to watch one. I was like, I don't I remember not liking this one as much. It was the one where they're they're uh, gambling at uh, Bob's house. Yep. By the end, I'm like, no, yeah. no, that was a really good. It was episode. great. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was unreal. That no, was like unreal. once you and know like, the long the one story, I was like, I don't know everything if I like else this. changes. Like, no, that was a really, yeah, that was a really, that was actually a really good. Right. But the funny thing uh, is, like, it's not really written in episodes; it's written in scenes. Exactly. Like, yeah. If you didn't know the ep- like, if you don't know the episode matter, ends, right? it doesn't matter. Yeah, it just kind of flows. It's really yeah, great. And that now, way. in per- you know, now one of the the brilliant things about this series right is now it never does have to end you don't have to have those like layoffs it's like secular yeah you, you just, just can watch it through and then you can literally go right back into yep. it and you can go right back into it and then listen to our new podcast in 2021 com majors presents shit's week with aaron powers i think we gotta do it Game of the week. week. I don't know if I've ever been so excited about something in my life. Episode a week. Episode. I, uh, we'll talk about it. this. Let's do it. Maybe two episodes a week. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Game of the week. Uh, we're ranking them. All right. So I, I. This was great. I thank Katie for this because I had different ideas, but I. I kind of realized this is one of those things we love, and when we do these movies or things we love, I always at the end of it, like the next few days after, I like we love this stuff so much, and there's all these people or things we we didn't get to talk about enough because it's a short window. So we're gonna rank non Rose family members that mm-hmm. we love mm-hmm. all right and we've picked four and these are katie's four which i agreed with and i thought we could all go eh. with uh, well you can feel free to throw another one in jim there's some others that i now have as well but, up. uh we have roland well, it, it, it's yeah I'll, I'll stevie bob and patrick Okay, and there's lots of others. Yeah. There's Twyla. Right. There's, I mean, there's all these, but... Well, that, that was my other be, thought. So, so that, it was like, that, should, should will, Bob be Twyla? Well, Listen. here's the thing. Bob, <laughs> that, I don't know why Bob is any more important than, than Twyla, but like... No, he's not. He just stands out more than Jocelyn is way more important than yeah, Bob, right. Twyla, exactly. and everybody else. But I just and think that Bob is like... We didn't even mention her. Okay. Yep. For Shit's Week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> save it for shit's week. That right. is, we, we didn't even talk about her, but there's a whole be, thing I going on Jocelyn. with her that we need I to talk Jocelyn. about. Oh, All right, the, the, Aaron. Okay, here starts. we go. Uh, Aaron, you start because you are a guest. Rank those four. 
Uh, it was Stevie, Patrick, Bob, and Roland. Yeah. Yes. Right? Is that? Yes. Go from <gasps> least to best. Least to best? Least to best. You can favorite. Do your favorites. Oh, or you can do it however you want. Yeah, well, we don't yeah. Really... I mean, my fa- I mean, I, I know. It seems kind of obvious. Like, Stevie, I would say I, I felt a little bit torn between Stevie and Patrick, but I think Stevie is my favorite non-Rose character because I just think she's just... Patrick's almost know. Patrick's almost too perfect. Like he is so yeah. like, like he's hard to relate to because he's like he's so incredible. He's yeah. just a great person. Yeah, like everybody wants but a partner his, like him. But you know, like I genuinely <laughs> right. You're exactly right. We all want a partner like him. Yeah, I am certainly not very that good at communicating. He, <laughs> he is. <laughs> We are communications majors that don't communicate very well. I want he Patrick to be a, our therapist. He is, well, I got to be honest with you. Patrick's not a real man because then yeah. no man communicates at that type but, of level of Aaron, sincerity. Go, go on, please. Um, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, but I think Stevie and Patrick are my favorite because of the way they both so, so organically interact with David and they both mm-hmm. like love him for who he is and they make fun of him for who he is, but they also like just love him unconditionally. Um, Bob is like a, uh, yeah, Roland, I think Roland would probably be after them. I think Bob's probably the least favorite. Um, although I think he, he adds some you know things to different episodes but like roland i think because i came to like that like chris elliott's performance of him more than i've liked anything else that chris elliott's done and so and even though he is like very much the same sort of character as he is in other things i just i don't know so yeah but i think stevie's my favorite all right uh katie go so if i'm going yeah i i totally agree with aaron on like you know whether we're evaluating the performance of the character or the character themselves like I can't stand Roland. He would be very much at the bottom. Of, like I don't, I don't want to talk to Roland. It's no, all of those uncomfortable conversations. Did he make you enjoy the show but he, more? One hundred percent. But if I'm ranking my characters, mm-hmm. right, Roland's at the bottom, and then all of those other folks that we named, Twilight, Bob's Jocelyn, pretty awful. I enjoy Bob. He's oh, so I, awful. Can listen. I remind you, please, Bob of the is, scene really- where Moira and Johnny think that they are in Roland and Jocelyn's cabin? Yes. And they have sex, oh, and yeah. Bob and his wife are sitting on the They're couch sitting, listening, listening to them. <laughs> That's, that, I forgot about that They one, didn't actually. want to That's- interrupt. Oh my God! There are Little moments Johnny. that I love Bob. I do love when Bob. he has when he has Bob. Bob has him working in the garage. Yeah, and with the other guy, the other guy selling software that he's not installing. His wife's nephew. I love. I love Bob. Okay. So, um, so then I, I also yeah. get up to Patrick and Stevie, and yeah, so I think I would agree with Aaron. I, Stevie's going to be number one. I. I don't know if I can compare Stevie to any other character I've ever seen. Well, like, I feel like she is a... She's home base for the audience during the show. Yes, right? like, but her delivery... You know what yeah. I mean? She's not... She is unlike anyone. Like, she is a unique yeah. character. Well, I love yeah, her. Because she's love the her. window into their lives. And we, through 124 other episodes, have talked about that's such a device. And sometimes yeah. that device falls so far yeah. short. Yeah. And then like, also like her own little weaknesses, you know, where she yeah. like, you know, when, when David like when walks into the hotel party, 
and she's like drunk and like hanging out with these like high school people and she's like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i love her with every bit of my being um by the yeah. way also Patrick, that bar the elbow nuts. room every yeah. time i see it feels like when mark Holoka and i used to go to oscars before <laughs> senior night started like when it was just people who lived in scranton mm -hmm. who were there before college kids showed up i'm like i would be down the drink at that place i mm -hmm. have i've yeah. been there and i was completely comfortable there i had no shame i'm the same there. it's gonna it be it's gonna be stevie patrick roland bob but I would have liked to have included Jocelyn because I think Agreed. yeah, I, Agreed. I think Agreed. she ends up being more than Roland. Amazing. We should have we we'll, should have put Jocelyn in instead. We'll of Bob. do a full episode. And I love Ronnie weekly. too. Like, see, uh, I yeah. even think Ronnie, like Ronnie is more important Ronnie, than Bob. Agreed. I will say this. Let I me did rank those them. Floors. Bob will be Bob will be the bottom, but. Aileen and I laugh every time Bob does that walk where he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 Bob. Yeah. This is a little, I, hey, I do love Bob. Uh, I, like, I His just, obliviousness he is, is funny. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. know what else is hysterical when Gwen leaves him and yeah. Ronnie, Johnny and Bob go to the bar. Yeah. To try to, yeah. Like, yeah. That is like, I will always love that. Like that was their brilliance of Daniel Levy's brilliance of understanding how he developed all these characters. Yes. And like the later season starts putting these weird matchups of people oh, together. The, the, how about when they go to the, the casino, all of them go and Jocelyn gets her hair cut. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's the, like the, just the, amazing. The Patrick, yes. the Patrick, Ronnie hatred is yes. fucking hilarious. It, Listen, it reminds me of we, like the Michael Scott Toby thing. Yeah. Where yes. it's like, there's like an irrational mm -hmm. hatred because of like baseball. Yeah, because like, we, like you just said, Patrick's supposed to be perfect. Yes. And it's like, and Ronnie He's is so just mad like, at Ronnie. No time for, he cannot do anything yeah. right in her eyes. And we can and will do a full episode on uh, that softball episode. Yes. Oh my God. So okay, right. Finish your All list because right. I have right, one so more thing Bob, to say. Bob uh, Roland, I have a, a great more deal respect for Chris Elliott as an actor after this show, because I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing. And while yeah. you hate Roland, Roland, I do think is vital, even though you, he's you're disgusted by him and all those things. This is where I'm going to switch. I love Stevie. I think she's brilliant. I think the everything about her. This is why I'm going to put Patrick one. I was shocked when I was doing research for the show that he was only in half of the episodes because yeah. he feels mm -hmm. to, to, to me to be so important to what this show ends up being in the end and why I like love it so much, which is like David, who I think is maybe up there with my top five favorite characters in any show ever but he makes that character like I, I feel like I love David for the first half of the show. But like when Patrick comes on, it mm -hmm. just gets yeah. he makes that character so, so much better. Yeah. And, the, yeah. when, and when any scene when you can get all three of David, Stevie and Patrick in is like truly brilliant. Yeah. Like the way when they're they going were around able to play off venues, each other yeah. is or yep. when um, when um, David and Patrick can't get any time alone. So Stevie offers them that to me is like one of the best written pieces. And then Jake comes in at the end of that. That yeah. sequence is stunningly brilliant. Yeah. It's like brilliant <laughs> writing on like a next level. 
so you mentioned this, and I just wanted to dial back around to it, that the the way that Dan Levy crafted really this like town full of people and that they stay consistent over seven seasons. Um, it's not the first show to do it, but I would argue it's the show that's done it the best where you sort of understand like what the ins and outs of their day are, the people that they interact with and like that those minor characters are almost as important, you know, like the, that you know what to expect from Ronnie and Bob and Twyla, like all of those daily interactions at the, at the council and at the cafe. Um, I don't know. It just feels, it expands their universe and you don't have, you know, that Seinfeld notion of like, you would have certain folks that were always the same, but most episodes, it, it was, was like just always Newman, new people, really. right? It was, it was ga- yes, it right? was. Like, it was you like never the felt four like somebody them. was a guest star. Right. Exactly, yeah. Whereas this was, this feels like you're in a town and mm-hmm. you follow mm-hmm. the roses through their interactions with the town people. And, you know, even the jazzy gals, like it's the same folks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you just feel like you're like living life with them for seven seasons. I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, time for five questions. Here we go. You want answers? You want answers? answers. I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? What? Why? Oh, you got the beep in. Yeah, those are five questions. All right, there we go. Uh, I didn't get the beeping over there. No, No. it was close. Whatever. I want to say our profanity has been a lot like Shit's Creek. We've gotten one F-bomb in a week. It's been better. Tastefully placed, appropriately placed, and I think we've been brilliant with that, actually. I was telling Katie that, like, or maybe it was in the the group text we had, like, that when I first watched it on Pop, they didn't have a lot of the, like, they didn't say the F-word Oh, they didn't let it. Oh, they might not have let it. Yeah, and then it's started to come then like more as it went on um it may have gone to a later time slot but then when it was on when i was watching it on netflix i'm like oh all right like it's i did not like, even felt like it always should have been there and now it's there it if was you like, asked uh, me right now if they cursed in the show i would have said no well that's because you curse all the time when you're around me <laughs> that's like late night with brian costello we used a curse word once and then i just stopped caring and i didn't beep it out because it took too long to edit so they just went with it. All right, here we go. Uh, five questions, Aaron. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Would you uh, drink raw milk? A big uh, part of an episode where Johnny was uh, going to corner the market of raw milk. Uh, would you drink unpasteurized milk? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on that? Big black market for it. Down. Why does it feel like raw milk is closer to just drinking breast milk? And like somehow when you pasteurize it, then it's like all okay. Because it, well, you're pasteurizing it's it to make sure it's a cow. You're, you're pasteurizing it to make sure it doesn't grow anything. No, I know. I'm just saying there's something about the, the like raw milk. But who the like, fuck drinks milk? What do you mean? Well, that was what I was going to say. I like, Brian I did dinner to, all the time. I used to drink it out of the milk sack. I did have the milk sack. Yeah. I'm not a bit like milk is not a, like I, mm. and I drink almond milk now anyway. So I'm like, 
like nah. you know I, I love my cereal in the morning. Putting it in your coffee or cereal makes sense, but having a glass of fucking mm. milk oh. that makes tuna, me want with a tuna sandwich. Oh my god, you plate of mom's meatloaf and fucking disgusting. And a glass of milk. Delicious. And a nice cold glass of milk. God, oh, loved every you are second. You're not of allowed it. to talk about come out with your hands up. <laughs> that might be my like last meal. Last meal: tuna sandwich on toast with cheese and a pickle and a glass of milk. <laughs> I literally am gonna Love throw it. up all over the place. <laughs> oh, just a big glass of milk. It's like four Christmases I over here. Love it. Uh, all right, here we go. Question two: Aaron, would you rather work at the blouse barn? Or Larry Air. <laughs> you would do so well at the blouse. I had, so, by the way, I just <laughs> want to add. I have never had Larry more Air. fun. I have never had more fun than writing five questions than <laughs> this, I did these for are this great questions. And 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 Aileen, for the first time ever, helped me write five questions because nice. she actually had some interest in what the episode was about. <laughs> for a first I know, time I wish, ever, wish she would have made a guest appearance. Um, yeah, blouse barn for sure. Blouse barn. <laughs> yeah. You want to work at Larry Air? Be really good. Can't yeah. imagine why. You would have gotten. Go. Into that smart this, suit. this is a really vitally important question. Aaron, fill in the blank question. If you had to go on a blind date with Roland or Bob, I don't you think would you understand what a blind date is, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but for the purposes of this. A date. A date. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> Why couldn't it have been like it's Bob? And, it's clearly uh, Bob. It's Bob um, every yeah, time. Yeah, because that wouldn't be funny. Yeah, right. No, but it would have been um, more normal. Um, add, so, Ron, or add a, what's it, Ray into it. Would you go uh, Ray, to a pine cone Bob, festival so with Mutt? Pine cone um, festival. <laughs> Mutt is a oh, handsome man. I'm actually, Katie, I have to say, I might. Uh, I might go with Roland just because. Oh wow! Oh wow! You strong choice. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna throw on a, a Melissa Manchester song on I the radio. I feel like I'm going to need to go with you on that Listen, date because I'm not going to be comfortable said, with you going with him. That was a uh, yeah. I mean, Lori be... says you should have went with Bob. No, but Megan. Uh, <laughs> Megan says Carragher Roland said would Roland be, fun. be more fun. So I yeah, don't but know. he's more handsy. He's more handsy. Who's, like, who's swiping yeah, right? Roland who's swiping gonna right take with? A, yeah, he's gonna reach out and grab something, whereas Bob's gonna. Just oh, gonna stop! Stories. Stop! This is making me yeah, want to Bob, talk about Jocelyn. I like, and I have see, theories. All I, all I can think about is Bob, like post um, Gwen leaving, and he's just so sad that I feel yeah. like it would be like kind That's of a downer. And no, listen, you're not going out with either of them in any hopes of something else, like yeah. uh, like going to you're, date two. You're it's looking. Like, which one would you survive? Oh, would what you are you going out with dinner? them for? Just who, which one would you rather have carnal knowledge of? No, oh, Brian, no, we don't need no. to answer that. Inappropriate. Right. No, out, red flag. Line, Lori so Carino like said, really, "Red flag." Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, here Next we go. Favorite question. question. Here Next we go. Favorite question. question. Uh, Aaron, what is your favorite episode? <sighs> if it's I have to pick side. one, I know because I can't. I mean, I love them all equally, but um, I think probably the, oh, see, either of the Simply the Best episodes because I think mm. the the Patrick performance, see, watching David's face and kind of like seeing him process, like this is for me and it's not embarrassing, like, and whatever. And, and then him performing for like the original, like 
he like it's so he it was so uncomfortable for him and he leans into it so much that it's like like you're like yeah David like you know like just be yourself with this person I don't know I just I love that um I love both of those um yes so I think I mean I know they're not they're not the same episode though um, no different episodes you gotta right? pick one yeah. that's okay who's, that's who's fine we'll go with that that's fine best you got yeah you can you can you pair those. All right, here we go. Finally, deep thoughts question. Aaron, if you could add a character from any other sitcom in history and put them into an episode of Schitt's Creek, who would you pick? Um, so I don't know why, um, this came to mind. It's not from a sitcom though. So maybe I have to, that, well, that's okay. Just go with who you have. Then. No, because it. I was on for best in show before. And so I just, th- I don't know why I thought of, um, Christopher guest. Oh, he would fit right in there. That would be just like being show. in the background at the, you know, and just talking, like, always yeah. talking to people and no one's ever really like listening. Macadamia um, nut. Yeah. <laughs> But that was, I don't know, that popped into my head. But I would have to think about the, the sitcom thing. I, yeah. You you could That's have what's, what's Her Name from Will and Grace come as like one of Mar- Moira's old friends. Oh, my God. Friend, Megan. Uh, yeah, that would be that one. Mullally. I would take Toby from The Office and have him come in as like the accountant for the <laughs> yeah, hotel. One. That's, yeah. I wanted Brian Cranston from Malkin in the Mill. Oh, yeah. All right. him. Oh, wow. There were, you know, I was thinking of so many characters I loved who I felt like, oh, they'd be just like a little too much. For the, you know, like yeah. bringing in like that's the, right. the you scrubs. have to be subtle, yeah, it's right? Got, you yeah. just gotta be, I feel like gotta... Toby fits the tone of mm-hmm. <laughs> he would fit right in. He would fit cast. right in. That's great. Yeah. Um all right, that is five questions. From scrubs. I was thinking oh, about that scrubs. would be a good one Ted, too. The lawyer. Yeah. Ted, yeah, would yeah. Ted and Ray would, would get along yeah. well. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Rest in peace, Ted. Aaron, thank you as always. Make My God, sure this was you fun. join us for Shits Weekly, our newest. Somebody, this might be the longest episode we've ever recorded. And somebody I didn't trademark even care. that. <laughs> I didn't somebody even trademark mind that. So Jim, long. get on the paperwork. Yep. Shits get Weekly. That trademark that. Shits Weekly. Week. Lee. All right, get both of them, yeah. just in case. Both. Just throw all the money. We got so much money. Throw it yeah. all there. It's like Rose, it's like Rose video. We're going to have uh, Katie's going to pose in a swimsuit on top of a VHS. Yep. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Yeah. Lee, right there. We're, we're the episode with, the, I don't mean to, I know you're, you're signing off, but the episode with their um, like sexual harassment videos. For oh, my God. Video. I forgot about that. <laughs> I need, we need to go watch one more episode right now before bed. This is why it's, we're I'm doing. Like, I am. Sh- yes, no, we have to. We have we, to. This is why we're I doing. Cannot go to sleep. Dropping, right? I cannot go to sleep without um, them. Well, thank you guys. This was fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we will be back for our third annual Christmas Spectacular mm-hmm. with Dan and Marsha Barrio next week discussing Yay! Home Alone. Uh, I'll be tuning in. Yeah. Woo-woo. Hey, thanks, Very commenters. Exciting. Thanks for hanging with us tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.